1: Tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. All right,
0: and we're back. You're listening to Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with a very frustrated Natalie and Justin. So, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about how the Dubs just continue to make decisions that we don't understand. And, you know, sometimes this is when, like, I'm critical of Steve Kerr because whether he's trying to send a message, whether it's rigidity, like the insistence on, we don't play the second night of back-to-back and I must, you know, like just his insistence on these things, they, it can be frustrating at times, you know? Um, and I just don't understand why you're making it harder on your guys, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me personally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... It's just, Is there it's no Steve... other way
0: to send a message, Justin? Is there no other way to send a message besides costing themselves games?
1: I don't know, because Joe's a very, as, as we know, he's a very stubborn, prideful guy, as most most like extremely rich people are. Um, so it, it might be like, hey, and, and we saw it, like I said, we saw a similar in 2021 where Steve was just like, all right, we're just going to keep playing. James, he's not ready for this yet, but we're going to keep playing him, and they kept losing. And same thing with Kelly. Um, and then those guys go down. Steve didn't take him out of rotation. They kind of went down like via injury, and they started winning again. Um, so I'm not really, I'm not really sure how they can get the point across to to make some changes, whether internally or externally on this roster. But it but has to di- come at some point.
0: But the difference with that season is even though we did not like it as fans. And I actually still disagree to this day. The moment Clay went down, they punted that. They walked into that season for sure. like, like we can't win this. And they were utterly shocked by what like Steph was doing. They also, for purposes of picks, didn't want to be too high in the standings, right? So there were some other things going on in the background. And it annoys me, because to me, I actually think that year was wide open too. You get Steph a couple of guys and they could have made a run, you know? Mm -hmm. Who knows, maybe they do at the end of this, you know, fail, but like, do do we really think they couldn't have beaten the Utah Jazz, right? Right. Like, do we think that wasn't possible? Um, Because, you know, Memphis maybe doesn't even make it in, (laughs) you know, that year, or maybe Mm -hmm. they do and they're playing Memphis, I don't know, but they, I think they could have beaten the Jazz, maybe the Clippers, a healthy Clippers, probably would have given them a, a lot, you know, but Denver do like, I mean, Denver is a difficult matchup too, but I just, I think that they, or oh, it was the Suns, right? I, I don't believe in the Suns ever. So you, I, I'll take the Suns any day. So I just, I felt like that was a year that we punted unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're returning champions. You're the reigning champs. You're the reigning champs we punting this year i just need to know please because i missed the memo because i thought we were trying to win again trying to win while you still have dre and trying to win while you still have play because we don't know if dre is going to opt in we don't know what's going to happen with him so i'm just i'm just perplexed And,
1: and and i've and i've spoke about this before where i said like you're trying to winning and developing at the same time it's not impossible right but when you lean too far into either direction, it's gonna really hurt the other way, right? So they really leaned into winning last year, especially early on in the season. Moody essentially didn't play much, right? Kaminga, he played a lot, but he was he was kind of yo-yoed with his minutes and stuff like that, and he didn't play in the playoffs, right? So you 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 can say that they didn't have as much opportunity to develop as much as they possibly could, right? As The other guys in their draft class will get to play 30 minutes a game, 82 games in a season and just, you know, naturally progress over the course of the season, where this season is kind of the opposite of that. Where it's not even the opposite because they're not they're not playing as much this year either. But as far as the roster construction, you've leaned more into development by letting allowing guys to walk who are essentially standing in the way of those guys getting minutes or the opportunity and you bring in two more young players that you have to develop. So now you have uh, Jordan, who's still developing, obviously. You have Mo, uh, uh, Moody, Joku, Wiseman, PBJ, and Rollins. That's six players that you're developing, right? That's essentially half of your team. That's a little bit too far into the development, in my opinion. Um, and then you don't have, like, the solid eight, nine, ten-year vets that you kind of had last year, or at least guys that are in there know, 28, 29, age 30 seasons that know how to play basketball. They've been in the NBA and the G League and they've been all around the, the league. They, they know how to play. You don't have those guys in your roster this year um, to help those guys along or to eat minutes when those guys aren't performing well. So it's, it's helping, it was contributing to the bench being the worst in the league. Um, so, like I said, when you lean a little bit too far into development, it's going to, your, your, your winning is going to suffer. And I think they need to like kind of walk it back a little bit and lean a little bit more into the winning right now um, in order to get the season back on track and potentially win another championship.
0: OK, this is a good transition for us to start talking about what we saw from some of the young guys. But I'll say this. And yes, I understand it's two different leagues. But I'm going to say this. If something goes well about this, it's that the Las Vegas Aces had like the worst bench in the league last year. They really had no depth. And that was mm-hmm. part of what contributed at times to them losing games. And they won it all. So
1: <laughs> they, they won it all.
0: So, there's something <laughs> to lean on to. Like, I don't care about the misogynists. They're going to be like, yes, the WNBA ain't dismissive. But, like, it's basketball and your benches matter. And their bench was a topic of discussion all last season. Because it's like, they don't got no bench. And that's why people thought, I mean, the Sky didn't even end up making the finals. But, like, that's why people thought, like, ultimately the Sky would went out. Because they had, like, a, you know, a bench. And the Aces didn't. But the Aces, you know, they... <laughs> you know they got the bench contributions ultimately that they needed but it was really about like their their starting lineup I hope the Warriors get a bench or that somebody like starts to step up and gets it but um I'm a little worried too because of how Kerr is like I feel like you also take the confidence of these guys right like you know is Moody gonna go out there and be the same player or is he so worried about just getting on the floor that he's not gonna play the way that he should because god Mm -hmm. forbid he makes a mistake he gets snatched but you know um this two-way guy lamb can can make as many mistakes as he wants and he continues to see the floor right and so Mm -hmm. um again it's like you know, Marcus Thompson always says this with Kurt, it's about the kinds of mistakes you make. Like there's just certain mistakes he doesn't like. And if you do them, then it's like, you're out, which I think is sort of unfair. Like these are your lottery picks they need to develop. And like Moses is actually shown, like, again, we talked about this, I think on a prior episode, you and me, but he's actually shown positive, like being on the court. So I like it, yep. like of all of the people who are not getting play right now. And he, granted he did last night. He did, you know, like he was brought out, not just in garbage time in their last game. Um, So maybe he's going to start playing more. I don't know. But I I do think that it's affecting him, too, like now when he gets on the court, because it's like, I just want to stay, you know, like I don't want to, you know, get benched again. And I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, but I'm a little I'm a little worried about that. So, I mean, we could start with Moody, but there's a few few of the guys I want to touch on because, like, I don't know, Jordan, his body language. So let's talk about the guys. Um, Moody, like, I mean, what are your thoughts about him right now? Do you think we're going to start seeing more of him in the rotation? Um,
1: I I hope so. Um, And I feel for Moody because, like you said, it's like one of those things where you're not playing your full game. You don't have your full rhythm and confidence because you're worried about. You're looking over your shoulder, essentially, like, is he going to call me out the game? Um, is this going to be my only rotation in the game, this this quick four-minute period? If it is, how do I leave my imprint on the game? Do I got to shoot more? All those things that, that plays into a, a player's mind, um, especially a young player, it's, it's really not fair. And essentially, all we've heard is that Moses has done everything they've asked of him since he's gotten drafted, right? He's the mature one. He's the guy that comes in and just – you know, takes his takes his pale to work and he's the he's the hard working guy that does, you know, he he carries himself like a vet. But they're not they're not playing him. He's not getting an opportunity. Um and we did say, you know, a lot of it is position, right? They, they trust Dante a little bit more um with the skill set, being able to handle the ball and set guys up sometimes and just the things that he can bring on the defensive end. And they trust Lamb more to be a four. Um, but at the same time, it's clear that Joku is not a, a three yet. So you should play him at the four and Moody at the three, right? If if you're if you're trying to invest in your future, then you should play those two guys um, as much as you can without like you know, obviously like punting games and stuff like that. And at this point, Lamb hasn't played well in a few games. So I think Moody should get a um, and a, a bigger opportunity, I think they should play Joku more at the four because that's his position right now. And Steve even said himself, we view Joku as a four, but they haven't played him at the four this season, like, at all. Um, so it's very backward stuff. Uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, yeah, when it comes to Moody in particular, he's he's one of those rookies that – or not rookies, but young players that his, his floor is not as low as the other uh, young players' floor. Like, he's going to go out there and just, you know, play a role. Like, he – I think he was a part of the run that they went on against Houston where, you know, I think they might outscore outscored Houston by six or seven points when he was in the game. He didn't really do much. He had like zeros across the board for his stats, but he didn't actively hurt that run, though. And that's something that you really want from your young guys. Just don't punt. Don't don't kill us when you're out there. And he's he's shown that he can do that, and then he can add more stuff, too. So I'm really confused on, on Moody's like yo-yo and with his minutes right now. Um, And like I said, I just feel, feel bad for him.
0: Yeah. um, I really don't want to be talking about this game again last night uh, in the next segment. So just any, any positives or negatives, you know, concerns that you took away from last night's game. Did you see anything from, I I mean, people were like going crazy over the Kaminga dunk. It was like a highlight, but like. Is there anything you saw that made you say, OK, well, here are some positives or was it all just like, I mean, a lot of us were just kind of disgusted that they rested everyone and punted the game. But in terms of the actual game itself, did you see anything?
1: Um, I mean, you can see just the flashes of, you know, what the young guys can bring. Right. Particularly Joku, Moody and, and Jordan. I think, and I, and I tweeted this, I said pretty much everybody except those three on the bench should be on the block, to be honest. Like, Dante's good, but if you can fetch a, a player that can help more right now, um, especially in the front court, then I would have no issue with sending him somewhere else. Jemichael, you can send him somewhere else. He's essentially not good to me. Like, at least for the role they're asking him to play, he's not good. Um, but positives, we saw, obviously, Jordan can score, right? When he gets enough touches and he's in a rhythm, he can score, Uh, He can get to the rim at will. Hopefully he kind of used last night's game as a reference point in his mind and say, look, I don't need to do a 1,000 hesitations dribbles. I can just do one move and go, and I can absorb contact and finish through it. Because a lot of times he tries to avoid contact. And it's like, uh, if you just watch Steph sometimes, like if you really want to be like Steph, watch those areas of Steph's game, right, where he's going into guys and still finishing. He's actually taking on contact, right, initiating the contact and then drawing fouls that way. Um, Jordan can do a lot of those things. And Jordan obviously at this point probably has a quicker first step because he's younger than Steph. Um, he has a little bit more burst off the first, off the first step. So he might have an easier time getting to the rim. Um, Joku, his, obviously his athleticism jumped off the page, uh, jumped off the screen. He had that crazy dunk. He had like a transition block on Zion. Um, guys just can't really beat him off the dribble ever. And that's kind of been his main, uh, like. His, his best characteristic as a player so far in his career is just his, his ability to stay in front of guys on the defensive end. And they can really use that. And I'm not sure why they're trying to keep using him at the three because it forces him to shoot however many threes he shot this game, like six or seven. Um, he hit a few, but that's not really his his strong suit right now as an offensive player. He's, he gets to the rim, he can rise above guys, and he draws a lot of fouls when he's in advantage situations. Guys can't stop him because of his athleticism. So they need to put him in more positions like that And Moody just goes out there. He plays hard. He didn't shoot the best from three, um, but he shot shots in rhythm. And I do think if he continues to get minutes and he knows that he's going to play and he's playing with confidence, his jump shot ability is going to shine through and he's eventually going to be a high 30s, 40% three-point shooter. I think he is that level shooter. So other than those three, didn't really see a lot of positives. Lamb can't shoot for real. Um, Dante's okay. (laughs) Like Lamb, like... If he's hot, he's streaky. Like if he's hot, cool. If he's not, he's just going to take a lot of bad ones too, um, contested ones. And you know, like I tweeted yesterday, any any extended minutes for Dante is just not going to be well because he's going to his flaws is going to start showing through. The turnovers, the ability to not really finish in traffic, stuff like that. So he's a really like a three four minute rotation guy, and then you kind of get him in and out of the game. But, yeah, other than that, it was just negatives, right? A lot of turnovers, defense was bad, all that type of stuff. All
0: right. We're done with that game. Let's move on to some positives and um, wrap this up. So you're tuned into Golden Spaces when Nat and Justin will be back. Thanks for listening.